Hello, and welcome to On Business with Stacey Tolls, where we talk about the best ways for business owners and leaders to transform your business, grow revenue or profitability and valuation, attract investors, and sell or expand your business on your terms. Today, we're talking about the eight levers of business transformation. If employees in your organization are experiencing transformation fatigue, then this is the episode for you. I've been talking to friends and colleagues and former coworkers over the last few weeks about what's happening in their organizations. And one of the things that I'm consistently hearing is, Stacy, we're tired. We're tired of the last 12 months of being stuck in our homes. We're tired of trying to figure out how to engage with our coworkers in meaningful ways via Zoom or social media. We're tired of the nonstop requests for transformation. I just want to be able to do my work. Can we be transformed already and move on with the business of work? And that's a valid concern. You know, for me, I love transformation. It's the work that I have studied and that I seek out most often. But for most organizations, constantly transforming can be a distraction from the work you need to do, which is why I talk so often about having a process for your transformation, making sure that everyone is aligned, doing it quickly, and then assessing, but ultimately moving on from the transformation, right? Carrying the lessons that you've learned in your transformation forward into the future so that you can work better, faster, smarter, etc. But that doesn't mean that your organization now needs to be a transformation company you may have gone through a transformation but it should not be ongoing for years and years and years leave that to the consultants or the organizational effectiveness people because that's what we do that's what we get excited about so I want to talk to you today about what can you do for your employees as a leader, as a business owner, as an HR person or a management consultant, how can you help organizations who have gone through transformation or who are still in the process of transforming, how can you help employees in those organizations to get to a sense of stability? Not go back to the way things were, but find a new sense of stability. How can we go through transition, transformation, and not be stuck in it? And from an employee perspective, there are certain things that we can do to make the experience more supportive, more sustainable for the people that we work with. And the reason I want to start with talking about how we do this from an employee perspective is because I always say that in any large-scale business transformation, employees are the folks, employees are who carry your transformation forward. Culture eats strategy. Culture, your business or organizational culture, is set 
by the consistent actions and behaviors and attitudes of your people, of your employees. And so if they are fatigued by transformation, if they are not on board with the transformative changes that need to happen, your transformation will fail. So what can we do? You know, the thing that I want to talk about first and foremost is that you need to have a common goal. I can't express how important this is over and over and over. You have to have a common goal and it needs to be written in large print. I call it the vision board of your goal. That doesn't necessarily mean that you hang pictures all over the office, although if that helps, then do so. The point here of having a common goal with clear and defined parameters is to make sure that everyone in the organization understands why the transformation process is happening, what will happen, what they will experience during that process, and about how long the process should take. And finally, what are some of the results or the ideal future state that we can expect as a result of going through this transformation? Basically, how will we know when it's done and how will we know that it's successful? Having that clear and common goal with clearly defined parameters and borders is a perfect place to start and in fact I would argue the cornerstone of successful transformation and a cornerstone of helping employees feel connected and accomplished and well supported during transformation which can often be a difficult experience for employees because it's not sure ground it's not sure footing there's constant change things are transforming by its very nature the word transformation is to alter the essence of a thing you are literally shifting the ground underneath your employees so by having a common and clear goal It's like you're allowing, when you take your dog to the park and you let the dog off leash, there's a lot happening, there's chaos, but the dog is within the bounds of the fenced-in park. So it's a similar situation for your transformation and your employees. You are off-leash, in a sense, when you're going through transformation. But if you have clearly communicated the goals, the timeline, and the results, then everyone feels safe being off-leash within the boundaries of that clear and common goal you've set for them. The next thing that I want you to make sure is to make sure team members understand your company's culture and values. If your employee culture doesn't align with your values, realign it or change it. Because again, culture eats strategy every single day of the week. If you have a certain strategy to move fast and break things, but your employee culture is such that people are punished for breaking things and rewarded for behaving conservatively so that nothing ever goes wrong, then in fact, you are creating a culture that does not move fast and break things. Instead, you are creating a culture that encourages people to behave conservatively. There's no right or wrong set of company values or culture, in my opinion. 
the important thing is to know what values and what type of culture support and accelerate the strategy that you've put forward. And then to set up a system of rewards and incentives and punishments, essentially, that uh, support and inherently create the culture that you're looking for. As I'm going through this, I think about, you know, Michael Jordan and his quote that talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships. Talent, smart people, individuals, a good strategy might get you some individual successes, but that longevity that your business is looking for, transformation um, and successful transformations only happen through a team that has number one, clearly defined goals, and number two, a culture and a set of values in practice that support the strategy. Some companies have cultures that they've written on their website uh, that are aspirational. But when you go inside that company or if you work there, you know that it's not true, that they don't actually experience those values. So your values and your culture have to be, they have to support your strategy, but you need to look at your actual values and your actual culture and not your aspirational values and culture. If you find that your current values and culture uh, do not support your strategy, again, change it. If you find that your current values and strategies do not align with what you aspire to be, then you need to change the rewards and systems of punishments that are set up in your organization. Because at some level, people are responding to the incentives or the punishments that they receive when they take a particular behavior. The next thing that we need to talk about when you're going through a major business transformation or even a digital transformation is that you have to place employees in roles that match their skill sets, making sure that employees are appropriately equipped for and passionate about the roles in which they, they are placed is important. If you're going through any type of transformation, one of the cornerstones of transformation is your people and your basically how you support your employees. I remember I worked at a large company once that went through a major organizational transformation. And as a result, there was an entire department of people, a a group of people in HR who were no longer going to be able to do that particular function. And they were told they had the option to take on another uh, similar HR role. They were, they had the option to do basically organizational transformation uh, and change for other business units within the company. Or they could apply for um, basically employee engagement type jobs. They were given the option. And what I love about this strategy, even though they were only given two options and they were different from what most of those people had been doing before, the employees had 
a choice. You can choose this one, you know, org change, or you can choose that one, employee engagement, and we will provide you with the training so that you will be successful in whichever path you choose. Alternatively, those people could have chosen to leave the company or to apply for other non-HR related jobs in the company. But this is important, making sure that people's skill sets match the new structure of the organization. Now, maybe you're not making a business transformation. Maybe you are not transforming strategy, which I always go back to strategy is how you make your money. Maybe you are not transforming processes, right? That's the thing that people do on a day-to-day basis, those standard operating procedures. But maybe you are transforming uh, the technology. That's the third component of transformation. So maybe you're having a digital transformation. In the future state, in the new world that you're creating for your business, do your employees currently have the skills to be able to do what will be required of them in the future? Ask yourself that question. If the answer is no, or if the answer is unclear, you need to get clear about it and you need to absolutely make sure that employees are skilled up for the new world. One of the things that can torpedo a transformation process is when employees feel uncertain about the future of their jobs. You don't want to create business transformation that makes people think by going through this, I will now become unemployed. Instead, communicate your transformation in a way to your employees that says, we support you. I support you as the business owner or as the leadership and management of this company. We support you. We want you to be successful in the new future. That should not be a concern for you as an employee. We will take care of you. But our main concern right now is making this transformation as successful as possible. When employees are not worried about their ability to be successful in the new way that the company will operate, they will not resist helping the organization move into that new future state. But when you set up a situation that, hey, we're making a big digital transformation, we're doing all of these changes, now all of a sudden we use you know, Microsoft Teams or whatever tool you choose to use. Um, Hey, now we're app based. And if you don't know how to do it, then you're going to be out of here, right? If that's the type of message that you're communicating or that your employees are hearing, you may not be saying that explicitly, but if that's the message your employees are hearing, I guarantee you they will sabotage your transformation. And they may not uh, necessarily come out and say that they're working to sabotage the transformation, but they'll resist it. They'll fight it. They'll drag their feet about it and be slow. They'll complain about it. It'll be a difficult experience for everyone because employees are concerned about their future. So make sure that you are placing employees in roles that match their skill sets and that you are skilling up your organization to meet the needs of your ideal future state once you've gone through the transformation. 
The next thing we need to talk about is that you should expect 100% effort from every team member. When employees are at work, expect them to leave other distractions at home so they can give their all to the business. Now, if it is the case that employees have pressing home or non-work related issues, make sure that you create a culture that as much as possible allows people to address those home issues with undivided attention so that they're not concerned about work. They can address their home issues or their their non-business issues. And when those things are resolved or when they're able to then focus on work, then we expect employees to be fully engaged in their work. This is important. There's a lot of talk in HR communities about work-life balance and more and more I'm hearing the term work-life integration. Now, that sounds good, it really does, but we know from studies that people are not good at multitasking. In fact, you may be doing multiple tasks poorly, or you may think you're multitasking, but really you're just switching back and forth between one task and the other rapidly. And that doesn't work well. Um, for most people or for the outcomes that you're looking for. So the best thing to do is to give your full attention to the task at hand. If that's business, create environments or help your employees create environments, even if they're working from home. Create environments where they can give their full attention to the task at hand. And if they're unable to give their full attention to the task at hand, uh, then create space and time for them to deal with those distractions without punishment and without judgment. A lot of times, especially for salary workers, your employees are going above and beyond. They're working way more than the 40-hour work week. So give them the freedom and the leniency to manage their schedule appropriately, to handle whatever non-work-related issues they need to handle. Um, And maybe that happens to be at 11 o'clock in the morning, right? Maybe they need to go to the dentist. They should be able to go without getting... um, reprimanded basically as long as their work is getting done that's an important part now you may say hey but Stace my employees are working from home so they're in a distracted environment to begin with I can't eliminate those distractions and I understand that and I totally agree with you actually you cannot 100% eliminate distractions. We've got kids in the next room, you know, doing school online. We have our partner maybe in the same room as us taking phone calls for their job. So there are distractions all around us. What I'm talking about when I say expecting employees to give 100% effort to the task at hand is not those little distractions. It really is if they have a matter that needs their attention, if they have something come up that they need to um, address or deal with, uh, if they need to take time off in order to care for um, an ailing family member, if they need to travel uh, for whatever reason, just different things, create space for that and create grace for that. 
especially if your organization is going through a major transformation. Because again, in those times of major transformation, people fear that their livelihood is in jeopardy and they are less likely to ask for the time and space they need in order to handle those non-work related issues. But what ultimately will end up happening if your employees try to hide those things from you is that you may find their work suffers and their personal lives suffer. And ultimately, that's not good for you or for your employee. The next thing that I would say is important in a major transformation is to encourage mutual support. Don't leave any room for showboating or... um, making people feel as if their contribution is insignificant or don't leave any space for employees uh, or managers or leaders to be self-centered. Transformation is a team effort. And again, I go back to that quote from Michael Jordan, talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships. When you're in the thick of a transformation, everyone's contribution to that transformation will be a little bit different, but everyone's contribution is significant and important and should be, we should support one another uh, and it should be, our contribution should be appreciated. The next thing that's important for us to do is to open the lines of communication. Winning teams communicate transparently and without hidden agendas. Okay, so there is no, um, there are no secrets, right? There are no harmful secrets in a transformation or really in your normal course of business, right? But I'm speaking today specifically about if your employees are experiencing transformation fatigue, make sure that the lines of communication are open and clear. Err on the side of over communicating rather than under communicating. Because again, that goes back to creating those boundaries for your employees that allow people to feel safe being again, off leash that allow people to feel safe in the midst of transformation, which is ultimately changing the ground underneath us. The next thing that I encourage all of us to do is to resolve conflict quickly. Uh, So I am a person of faith and In my faith community, there are appropriate ways of resolving conflict. When two people have an issue with one another, you go to one another privately and try to work it out. And if you're not able to work it out between the two of you, then you bring in basically a a neutral third party. Uh, And I think that similar principles can apply in the business realm. Encourage employees to communicate openly and transparently and without hidden agendas and without showboating uh, so that they can resolve conflict quickly. And when there is conflict that exists that employees are not able to resolve or maybe it is conflict between um, maybe unequal job relationships, right? Like leader and manager or manager and frontline employee. 
make sure that you have methods in place for people to resolve conflict. And that doesn't mean to squash out conflict or to um, immediately have everyone assimilate. What I think about when I am talking about resolve conflict quickly, uh, for a long time I worked at a company where we talked about and we actually lived by this concept of disagree and commit. So when we're in the planning process, we can disagree. We want to disagree. As a leader, I want to hear people who have a different opinion than I do about the best way to achieve our desired future goal, or even have a different opinion about what the future goal should be. When we're in the planning stages, disagree. Because one person, the business owner or the senior leader in that organization, is not the only smart person. If you are the only intelligent person in your business, you've done something wrong. Hire more smart people. And when you surround yourself with a team of intelligent people who care about your business or who care about the work that needs to be done, then you can disagree. And you can explore all the reasons behind those disagreements. You can explore, oh, well, maybe this person does have a a good point. They brought up a perspective that I had not considered. And maybe we should include that feature in the next rollout of our uh, product update. Or, you know, maybe we should be reaching out into that new market as opposed to uh, staying in this current market. Whatever the case may be. I encourage disagreement. But once we have come to a solution, you have to commit. Even if the solution is not the solution that you chose, the concept of disagree and commit is I, as an employee, I have done my best to, by giving you my best advice, my best counsel, my best, I'm the expert in my you know, niche of this business, whatever that little role is. So from my perspective in the company, I'm giving you my best um, way forward. And then my neighbor, you know, or someone else in the organization from their perspective, you know, the guy sitting in finance will give you his best perspective. The person in marketing will give you their best perspective. And sometimes those perspectives conflict with one another. But by getting those things out in the open, we're able to disagree and we're able to come up with a solid solution. But once the organization comes to a solution, everyone must be fully committed to making whatever that solution is as absolutely successful as possible. We've done our duty to bring up, you know, red flags or things that we need to plan for. And now it's time to move forward with the solution that we have agreed to, or in some cases that the leaders chose, even if we don't agree with it. So make sure that there are mechanisms in place in your organization so that people can disagree respectfully uh, or disrespectfully if that's the culture of your organization. I prefer to work in organizations that disagree respectfully and then commit fully to the chosen solution. That's the next thing that I would like to talk about is showing respect uh, or essentially showing appreciation. Your employees, especially if they've gone through a long 
organizational or business transformation, anything longer than three months, or multiple transformations in quick succession. Maybe your company is growing uh, through inorganic growth. You are acquiring new companies. And that is stressful on the organization. People need to feel appreciated and respected. So even though it is their job, you give them a paycheck. (laughs) This is why we're here. There are other additional ways that when people are going through transformation, you can show appreciation and respect and understanding what ways are most valued by your employees is important in order for you to show appreciation and respect in a way that matters to them. For some of your employees, a bonus is what will do it. Give me an extra, you know, $10,000 this year because, you know, uh, my family member actually works in the healthcare environment and because of COVID, they were just flooded, constantly overwhelmed with the numbers of people coming into the hospitals. And he said, I don't need a thank you or a certificate from, you know, upper management. I'm doing my job. I'm caring for the patients, but it has been stressful. Give me the money. (laughs) Show me the money. So for other people, Something else might be uh, more appreciated, you know, a card or a thank you or a special trip or an extra day off, Uh, whatever it is for the people in your organization, really work to understand what they need in order to feel appreciated and respected and then provide. The final thing I want to leave you with about how to fix employee fatigue in long-term transformation is to occasionally inject some humor. There was a 2020 study, I think that it was either the Harvard Business Review, or actually it was University of North Carolina at Wilmington, where they talked about the fact that positive humor in the workplace The study that they did, findings suggest that employee humor is associated with an enhanced work performance, satisfaction, work group cohesion, health and coping effectiveness, as well as decreased burnout, stress and work withdrawal. So if you want to decrease burnout, you want to decrease stress and you want to decrease work withdrawal, especially during an intense business transformation or digital transformation, inject some humor. Supervisor use of humor is associated with enhanced subordinate work performance, satisfaction, perception of supervisor performance, satisfaction with the supervisor and work group cohesion, as well as reduced work withdrawal. There are so many things that just adding a little bit of levity to your workplace and your work situations can actually help. Now, how to be funny in the workplace is important. You want to be respectful of people. You never want to make fun of other people. If you're a supervisor, you certainly don't want to be seen as punching down, basically insulting or taking even lighthearted jabs at people beneath you in the organizational chart. What I mean by being funny or adding some levity to work is smile, laugh, 
you know, talk about the task at hand. Ask people how their weekend was. You know, I hope you have a good day. Oh, I'm really looking forward to another day in the house. You know, those kinds of jokes are appropriate. Uh, Anything that is even remotely questionable will get you in a lot of hot water. And I don't suggest you make those types of jokes. Um, But it is important to add some humor, add some levity to your workplace. Okay, folks, that has been my several suggestions for how to fix or solve or mitigate employee fatigue in organizations and especially in a business or digital transformation. If you have questions about this, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I can be found on linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Stacy Tolls. That's spelled S-T-A-C-Y-T-O-W-L-E-S. Stacy Tolls on LinkedIn. I hope you learned something and I look forward to connecting with you about this topic soon. Hey there, thanks for listening. That's the end of today's episode. But if you want more great content from me, Stacy Tolls, then just hop on over to LinkedIn. You can find me on linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Stacy Tolls. That's S-T-A-C-Y-T-O-W-L-E-S for more great business content. Thanks.